Uh, I'm in a few moments going to get to Acts chapter 1. But I want to do what we've been doing for the last many weeks. Because the mission and the drive, the, the, the reason of our existence here at Grace River is simply this. And if we can put that up on the screen and just read that with me. Um, Grace River exists, and I want to hear you read this with me. Grace River exists so that every generation... And we, we have to understand that that's real. Um, that's not just a catchphrase that I'm trying to convince you of. Jesus Christ changes lives. The power of the Holy Spirit is at work. Lives are changed. And, and we've been talking about many aspects of our lives that experience transformation. We talked about the fact that many weeks ago that, that we're saved by grace. We're saved, that he saves us. We talked about the fact that that literally we can be healed, that you can be set free. And, and really the importance there is this. Listen, the biggest challenge a lot of churches have is a lot of people have been saved and they're trying to live lives without being healed and set free. They're trying to get through life without experiencing freedom. They're saved but not set free. Does that make any sense? But then we talked about what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm still... By the way, all of these dovetail. All of these, you know, I'm not trying to make the longest sermon in the history of mankind, but all of these could be their own, own series. When we talk about discipleship, we didn't just focus on one specific discipline as much as it was the importance of making space in your life. Do I even make space for prayer? Do I even make space for worship? Do I make space? Uh, listen, and I'm not pushing. Pastor Nick has already mentioned our giving. And I do thank you for your faithfulness. But, but even in our worship through giving, when you, when you give what you give back to the Lord, you're just making space in your budget for him to prove himself. And wherever you make space for God, I'm telling you, he shows up. So we talked about discipleship in that term, but then we talked last week about what it meant to be equipped. God has gifted all of us. We all have gifts and talents. And then, today, I want to talk about what it means to be empowered. Now, I know we're going to ask one in just a moment, because whenever you talk about being empowered, we all have the preconceived ideas of what we're going to be talking about, right? about being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and God's going to give us power and God gives us power in our life. And listen, I'll just speak for myself this morning. <laughs> um, we have a tendency to turn that around a little bit and think that, you know, yes, God's going to give me power. God's going to give me strength. God's going to, God's going to do a, a work through me. And we start dreaming about what that's going to be. And God's going to give me supernatural abilities. Now listen, all those things are true, but here's one statement, and um, I don't even have it on the PowerPoint, but listen, it doesn't matter what's given to you if nothing happens in you. It doesn't matter what gift you have if nothing's happening in you. It doesn't matter what kind of power you've been given. As a matter of fact, and this even goes back to experiencing healing and being set free. 
the worst thing that could happen is someone who's not been healed of a hurt in their life have access to power. It's like a child playing. Somebody's going to get shot. All right? This is not a gun issue. It's a, you give power to a person who's not been saved, healed, set free, understand why they're equipped. It could be a dangerous thing. And I think a lot of us, if this makes sense, just nod, we'll be fine. For a lot of us, we're trying to get through life. We're praying for power, but it's really just to get through the day. Most of our prayers are, Lord, just please, don't let me hate them. Just help me, give me the power to get through the day. Now listen, that, that's, that's, that's vital, but I just want you to understand that has nothing to do with you being empowered. Uh, let's just jump into some points here real quick, principles, and I want to get into the Word. If you want to be empowered, the first thing you have to do, the first thing you have to do is receive Jesus. Receive Jesus. You can't be empowered without Jesus at all. You can't receive what he's calling you to receive without receiving Jesus Christ. Now, before you just say, okay, okay, we got to get saved, we get that, let's move forward. No, you haven't gotten it yet. Let me, let me talk about what, what receiving means just a little bit. We think of receiving as just us taking something. Listen to what the Word of God says in John chapter 1. We're going to get to Acts 1 in just a minute. But John chapter 1, verse 12. Now, we know that John chapter 1 even starts off in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh in verse 14, right? But between that, we're told of what God was doing through His Son, Jesus Christ, becoming the light. And then verse 11 says, then, says this, And He came unto His own, and His own received him not. But verse 12 says this, listen. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Now listen. To those who received him, he gave the right. Now that word right there, again we're talking about being empowered, that word right means power. But not the word that power is used in Acts chapter 1, dunamis, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the, the word right here, which in the original King James is power, it means the authority. That's why we can go boldly before the throne of grace. Because now we're not walking in our own authority. We're walking in His authority. But it's because we have received Him. Now, when you receive Christ, you don't just take Christ because it gives, us, it gives us the power or the right to be sons of God to those who have believed. What is it when you believe in something? I know these are rhetorical questions, but it's a small enough crowd we can almost answer ourselves, right? What is it to believe? If you really believe in something, you what? You trust it. And if you really believe in something and you trust it, if it says to do something, you, you do it. And if we understand that following Christ is what is meant to be a disciple, it's not about being, becoming saved and then doing what you want to do. 
It's that you now really do have a Lord and Savior. He's our Lord. But the Bible says this, if Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, He's only your personal Savior when you receive Him. When you receive Him. Now, what does that word receive literally mean there? And I'm not trying to play word games this morning. I've really had to search through this this week. The word receive there doesn't mean just to take, because there's different aspects that it's used. To take, when someone gives you something, you take it. But what he means by receive here is not just to be taking something, it's to allow something to be poured in. You're taking what he pours in. You're a vessel that's being poured into. That means you have to allow him to pour into. That, that means you can't say, because see, here's, here's the difference between giving and receiving. For God so loved the world that he gave, we believe. We have to receive what he's done for us. Here's the difference between giving and receiving. When I give you something, I'm in control. I'm deciding what I'm giving you. Um, this isn't going to go along very well with your Christmas list, but I, I decide what I'm giving you. I'm giving you what I think you like or what I know you need. I'm giving you. How many just love that when it comes in the form of advice? But I'm, I'm giving you this gift. For you to receive it, if I'm giving you and I'm the one in control, if I'm receiving it, I have to submit. I have to receive what you're getting ready to give me. If it's a Christmas present, you might open it up, and, and even if it's a pair of socks, guys, you're like, oh, thank you. I have 27 pairs just like this at home, but thank you. This is at least a new, prayer, a new pair. And then you give it to your brother next year, right? Usually how that works. It's called re-gifting. It's a different sermon. But here's, here's what happens. I have to accept whatever the giver is giving me, I have to accept it. Here's our problem. We're all controllers. We not only want to control what we give, we want to control what others give us. We want to receive conditionally. So, does that make sense? Um, I'm, I'm trying to be gentle this morning. But we want to receive on our terms. We want to receive, we want to receive love on our terms. I love that book, The Four Love Languages, that for, for any marriage, you need to read through that. But can I tell you, if we're not careful, we use that against each other. You know that's not my love language. But I, I wanted to give this to you. That's not my love language. I'm not into affirmation. I'm into gifts. Don't tell me you love me. Show me. I need money. I need a ring. I need some. And, and here's, we may never say it, but we act it. Somebody say amen. We don't use those words, but we use those feelings. Because why? We really, we, we're more in control than we want to admit. Uh, when, when you say Jesus, and this is going to sound simple, and I'm still on point one. When we say Jesus, 
Forgive me of my sins. I want to take the gift of eternal life that you're giving me, but I don't plan on following you. Is that okay? I plan on living life on my own terms, Lord, as long as you're good with that. And we even talk ourselves into it. That's not how it works, guys. Now, I'm, I'm, just tell, I'm not trying to be preachy, but I'm telling you, if you really receive something, it's with submission. It's with humbleness. It's with an act of surrender because he wants to pour something. So when you're empowered, it's not about taking something and wielding it. It's being filled with something. So the first thing we do is receive Jesus Christ. But the second thing we do is receive the Holy Spirit. Now we get to, now we get to Acts chapter 1 because in Acts chapter 1, he says, listen, no man knows the day nor the hour that is given to my Father. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So, quick question here. Have you received Jesus, and have you received the Holy Spirit? Because he says you will receive. He didn't say you will receive your gifts, and then you just go around wielding and Hopefully somebody pays attention. No, he says you will receive power, and that power there is dunamis, explosive power, boldness, and you'll be witnesses. Now, let me be blunt. Can I be blunt? The reason most of us don't know and don't have that courage and, and are fearful of telling anybody about our story about Jesus Christ is we want to control what God is doing in our lives and we've never received the Holy Spirit. Because receiving the Holy Spirit is all about submission. It's saying, here I am, Lord. Take me. Fill me. Mold me. I put my life into your hands, except for this part. Except for, Lord, I need this part because this is my work part. This is how I function during the week. This is my Monday to Friday and occasional Saturday. But here I am on Sunday. Make any sense? I know it does. And I know it hurts because it's truth. But it's not, he does not come to condemn the world. So he's not even here this morning condemning. The Holy Spirit's not even knocking on the door of your heart to say, I hope you really feel bad now. That hot dog's going to taste really good in a few minutes. No, it's not about condemnation. It really isn't. It's more like a flashlight. It's like you're looking for, for truth, and the Holy Spirit says, if you really want to move in the right direction, there's the path. Let, let me move in so you can move forward. You see, when he does that, now, now just listen. Acts 8, and I want you to see how this plays together. Acts 8 says this. Now, when the apostles, and I want you to see how this is an ongoing process. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem, the apostles who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, then they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they had been saved, but not received. 
listen to what Acts chapter 19 says. Verses 1 and 2. And it happened with Apollos, was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, followers of Jesus, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Now, what am I trying to set up here very quickly? First of all, can I, can I get on a touchy subject for, for 10 minutes? What time is it? Okay, because I'm only going to go to about 1130. I'm just kidding. Touchy subject for 10 minutes. Let's talk about tongues. Can we talk about tongues? Um, here, here's what happens with, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets nervous because, oh, Lord, he's going to get into those gifts that we don't, we don't know where he's going now. Can I tell you where we're going? Wherever he leads us. Now, that's just number one, okay? Now, that even makes some of you even more nervous because that can make some of you, that I know, and I've been there myself, Lord, if this is your will, come down and literally grab me by the back of the neck and you make me do it. I'll know it's you then, Lord. And he's never done that. But why is tongues an issue when it comes to being filled and receiving the Holy Spirit? Because can I tell you something? When you humble and submit yourself even to the point of what you say, when you are guarding yourself and making sure you are so filled with him, not that you can speak in tongues. The Bible tells us don't seek those. If I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but there's not been a work on the inside, who cares? I'm just making noise. But when you are filling yourself on a daily basis, and, and please, I'm not even suggesting, I come out of a background, I come out of a Pentecostal background that their dogma and their theology was built. And if yours is, please don't be offended. But you won't find written in our beliefs that one phrase that you see in a lot of churches, that we believe in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, if you believe that, I'm we're not here to argue that. I just, I believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. I just don't track on that level. I'm not in that lane. Now, here's why. It's about total submission, not speaking in tongues. It's about total surrender, not speaking in tongues. It's about laying your life out. Because, see, the, the Holy Spirit's not going to come down and make you do anything. It's not uncontrolled. Again, are we back to a control issue again? See, some of you, you're afraid of the Holy Spirit because you know, man, if I walk in submission, it might happen at Walmart, and I'm just, I'm a little nervous. God's not going to come down while you're in the checkout line at Walmart and make you grab a microphone and start speaking in tongues and fall out in the checkout lane. Now, some of us are afraid of that. Worse yet, some of us think, man, revival would break out in Walmart. And we try to pray that up a little bit. Listen, do me a favor. Don't tell them you're with Grace River if you, if you, would, <laughs> if you try to do that. Because now we're trying to make something happen. This isn't about, you know, last time I checked, God doesn't need any help. He just needs surrender. He just needs you to be available. 
He needs you to be willing. And when it comes, I don't want us to get too caught up on this this morning because, again, it's back to surrender. How do you get saved? Receiving Christ, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Surrendering to Him brings healing. Surrendering Him, you're set free. Surrendering to Him, you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you believe in Him and whatever He says I'm doing. Wherever He leads me, It'll cause you to read the Word differently. And now when you start making space for God and you're reading the Word and you're praying, there's something that's happening in your spirit and you're saying, man, how I used to live, that's got to stop. How I used to treat my spouse, that's got to stop. And I promise you, listen, I promise you, as soon as you start feeling that way, the devil is a good devil. Satan is real. Demons are real. Can I, can I just say this? Demons believe in Jesus. They just don't receive him. That's why you can stand in the name of Jesus and, and speak, and they must fall. You don't do it in your own. Make sure you're surrendered. Don't do it in yourself. Make sure we're going to my authority in just a moment. But surrendering to the Holy Spirit means here I am. Here's all of me. So I want to ask you a question. Now, we're talking about being empowered today. And sometimes I know the, the motivational side of us wants to say, man, tell me, give me something powerful to do. I want to walk out of here with boldness. But you've not allowed him to do anything here. You want to walk out with boldness and a spiritual sword in your hand, and usually somebody just gets their head lapped off because you took it out on them in the name of Jesus. Rather than being filled with such power that you can love the unlovable. That that, that thing in your life that that God's been dealing with, suddenly you just allow yourself to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, you submit so much area in your life that he fills every area of your life. And that thing that's been weighing you down for months and even years, it just seems to fade away because the Holy Spirit's just doing the work in you. And you keep saying, well, Lord, I want the gift of healing. He says, hold on. Well, I'm healing you first. But, Lord, I, I, I thought you gifted me in this area. Yeah, but hold on, because when you do it without love, you're just making noise. But, Lord, I thought you called me to, to preach and to proclaim. Yeah, but just hold on, because nobody's going to believe you until I clean this area out first. Okay? Number three. So we receive Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a big one, guys. Receive spiritual authority. Whoa. Didn't see that one coming, and there's your control. Rising right back up. Spiritual authority. What is spiritual authority? Well, it's a lot of things, but here's what I want us to focus on very quickly this morning. Spiritual authority I'm talking about and I'll read out of Acts chapter 13 in just a moment. The spiritual authority I'm talking about this morning is the fact that, and I'm going to speak specifically to us here at Grace River, but also the American church. I've been, I've been, I've given the opportunity in, in my life, I've been to a lot of countries. America is the most independent, you don't tell me what to do, nation on this planet. 
As a matter of fact, most missions trips start off like this. When you get off the plane, don't say anything. Why? Because when we get off the plane, we want, we're American. We don't want anybody to be in our way. We want to be the first served. We want to, we want, we want to, because we're so used to having all that stuff in our life that we go to another culture. And many of you in the military know what I'm talking about. We go to another culture and we just expect to be treated the same way. You might get shot. There's a good chance you might get shot in America now. Okay. Now here's, here's my point. What is spiritual authority? A spiritual authority in the church means that you need to belong to the body of Christ more than just saying, well, I'm saved, I'm a part of the body of Christ. No, you need to be rooted and grounded in a local body. And this is going to rub some of you the wrong way. You need to be rooted and grounded in a local body. Because when you don't, it's almost like getting married and then saying, I'll see you a couple times a year. You know, I'll see you. And by the way, I'm going to be visiting a lot of older girlfriends. You know, I'm just going to check things out at other churches. You know, how would that go over? Yeah. That would go well for like 10 minutes and then somebody gets shot. A lot of people getting shot. Now, I know that's a silly, I'm, I'm not trying to be silly, and I know that was. But here's, here's what I'm really trying to say. When you are committed to the local body, and you are rooted and grounded, it's not that I'm trying to be your boss. The Bible says I'm your protector. Because I'm the one being held accountable. See, when I stand before God, he's not going to just say, Johnny, were you a good boy, and did you know Jesus Christ? I'm at a place now where he's going to say, not only how did you live, but what did you teach him? Because I happen to see here that a lot of your people, they were straying all over the place. What exactly were you teaching them? Were you teaching them the word? Were you saying, oh, that's okay, go ahead and knock yourself out? Because he's going to hold me accountable. That's why sometimes, and listen, I'm, I'm not bragging on this, sometimes people say, man, you can be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. It's that the truth hurts. The truth isn't always comfortable. It's like someone, I've heard this said so many times now, but facts don't have feelings, right? And so when you say there's sin in your life, we've got to do something with it, I'm offended. I'm going to go, I need to go somewhere where you're not so offensive to me. And the Bible talks about that too. Because in the last days, people are going to run to find the word that will tickle their ears. Make them comfortable. Tell me something good. Um, make me feel like I can prosper. Make me feel like I don't ever have to suffer. Make me feel like I don't ever have to, to backpedal and get things straight. Make me, make me okay with all that stuff, Lord. But please don't make me have to listen to that. Um, you may not stay here, but you'd better find truth. And so I'm saying that because unless you stay here, now what's another significant part? And I'm going to read the passage here in just a moment because we can talk all day about spiritual authority. I just know that a lot of people have problems. I don't believe it's necessary to become a member of a local church. That's where you get rooted and grounded. 
That's where people can hold you accountable. Well, why is that important? Because we're human. And if somebody's not holding us accountable, and I don't mean speaking over you every, I saw you, I saw you Thursday, let's talk. <laughs> Pastor wants to have lunch with you, let's go. No, this isn't, we can't live like that. But we, we do need to be able to speak the truth in love. Hey, can I, can I talk to you? Um, listen, man, you know that doesn't measure up. What are you thinking? Well, to me, the Bible says, this isn't about to you. Let's get with the family. What does the family say about this? See, the re uh, reason a lot of people don't want to be members, and I, I get it, guys, is because humans run the church. And there's a lot of idiots out there. There really are. People have been hurt. People have been bruised. Lives have been shattered. But you don't give up on Jesus. You find a place that loves you and speaks truth. I'm not talking about spiritual authority here because I want to rule over somebody. I'm talking about spiritual authority because do you know what we could do when we come together and we're on the same page and we're moving forward and we're holding each other accountable? And, and we're here about families here, and we can all minister to those families. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not just because we're going through a pandemic. It's going through this pandemic has showed me how off track we are. And if you're not a member of a local church, you need to get there. You need to lock and load it. Well, there's that one doctrinal thing that I don't know if I can name. No, you just don't. You want to have control. Well, you're, you sound like you want to have control. Nope, I want to follow Jesus. Here's what he says. Listen, Acts 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, now just listen. Barnabas and Saul have been, this is, this is post-Saul and his conversion. They're still calling him Saul. Okay? Name was changed to Paul. But it's because when Paul first came on the scene, the disciples were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We know who you are, big boy. Or little guy, which <laughs> I'm not sure. Supposedly he was short in stature. Let's move on quickly. We know who you are. We know your reputation. You know, sometimes, you know, Paul could have said, I'm saved. I'm starting my own church. No. They were family. Paul knew that moving out without their blessing meant nothing. Now he was just a renegade on his own. There's way too many renegades in the kingdom. There's way, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm hitting a couple things, and man, I don't have enough time this morning, but I'm hitting a couple things because there's no way the church is going to have a voice in this culture if we're not rooted and grounded in the local church. Renegades only cause chaos. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom. And, and they could have said, you know, Paul, you are never going to be a part of this. But what Paul did is proved himself. And he just did his thing and he proved himself to where now in a prayer meeting they're ready to send him and Barnabas out. So now what happens? They have fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. Now, what am I saying there? When you are laid on hands by the local church, 
That's when you're sent out by the Holy Spirit. Now, if that messes you up, please, let's talk about it after church. Because I'm not trying to make bold statements and then believe it or not, that's up to you. No, I want to talk through it. But here's what I, listen to this. In Romans 13, chapters 1 and 2, or verses 1 and 2. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. He's not even talking about the church there. Now this gets dicey. Let every soul, who are souls? You. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. Nobody on this planet has authority without God. Now, are there, are there bad authorities on this planet? Yep, these aren't trick questions. Are, are there bad authorities? Are there good authorities? Hello? Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, stop reading between the lines. Here's the problem we're facing in our culture right now. Instead of submitting to the Word of God, we're all trying to figure out how to submit to an agenda. White, yellow, red, black, blue. I'm not trying to make light of anything. I just know that when people say, Pastor John, what would you do? Receive. Receive the Word of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the authority of the church. Well, Pastor John, the church is messed up in, in history. We've seen that. Of course it has. That's why we've got to keep working on it. That's why we have to back up and say, what does the Word of God say? Well, Pastor John, don't you see what's happening in the culture around us? Yes. And what I also ha- see happening in the church is it's causing division. And I'm, I'm pointing at us, but I mean the church. It's causing division. Why? Can I just be brutally honest? Instead of, instead of saying, you know what, that's the real problem, we're trying to pick and choose which of the agendas in that setting that we can agree with and we, we start letting ourselves be filled with that agenda rather than whatever color we are saying, stop! What does Jesus say? What does the Word of God say? Well, that's, that's easy for a white man to say that. No, actually, it, it wasn't easy. We're online, too. And, and believe me, We've already been called a racist church. And I say that because, guys, listen. At some point, when you're standing on the Word of God and just trying to love people, um, you're not going to meet everybody's agenda, believe me. You're not going to make everybody happy. But this isn't about who can we make mad. It's when we stand on His promises, it, will always, it needs to always be pointed at the truth. And when you find yourself not pointed at the truth, you better know how to put the brakes on and get pointed there in a hurry. Now, Pastor, why are you even going here? Because when you leave here today, you're going to have to make hard decisions. What have you received? Um, when, when Jesus was approached by a centurion, he said, my child is sick. Can you please heal him? 
Jesus said, yes, let's go. He said, no, 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 no. I'm a man of authority. I know authority. I'm, 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 I'm not even a Christian, and I know authority. He was a Roman centurion. The Bible says he never professed Christ. He just knew that there's an answer in there somewhere. And he says, I'm a man of authority. I tell this one, go here. They understand authority. They know they better go there. I understand authority. I know that you operate in authority. Jesus says, I've never seen faith anywhere like this sinner. Paraphrase John McClellan. I know a lot of Jews. I know a lot of people. But I've never seen faith like this because he understands the kind of authority I'm walking in. Jesus said, go home. Your child's healed. Now, how do you walk in that kind of authority? Number one, you have to be very, very real. You have to be so transparent, people know your stuff. But when people know your stuff, they need to see you pointing to Jesus Christ. And that your stuff is dead. It's who you used to be. It's not who you are, because every man is a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and see, I, the reason I'm not even touching on more of these issues today is because the more you try to talk to somebody, it just gets muddier and muddier and muddier. And that's not even a word. I, I think our greatest problem is we try to talk and have conversations about stuff rather than continuing to point people to Jesus Christ. Point people to Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's not the popular. It's not the popular subject. It's not the popular route. Nobody will like us if we do that. Guys, I've got news for you. They already don't like you. That this culture doesn't want Jesus Christ in the culture. This culture does not want to hear about Jesus Christ. They would love for you to be arguing about the wrong things. But for you and I, I have a voice. Am I making any sense? It got real quiet. Now, this isn't about us going out and trying to, um, I feel like I need to talk to everybody about racism today. You are going to be in trouble. You won't win. Too many agendas. Your agenda better be Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, don't you agree that People are hurting? Yes, that's why your agenda better be Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, don't you believe that there's a lot of injustice? Yes, but that's why your agenda better be Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, don't you believe there are bad cops out there? Yes, but there's a lot of good cops too. That's why your agenda better be Jesus Christ. If it's one way or the other, you're dead meat. And you may say you're a believer, but you're not a receiver. Because if you receive Jesus, you're submitting. You're humbling. And when things are wrong, you admit it. And then you move forward in Christ. Am I making sense? So let me ask you this. Have you received Jesus? Boy, I hope I'm making sense today. <laughs> Have you received Jesus? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And have you received authority? You cannot walk in authority unless you're under authority. I, we, yes, we are a non-denominational church. I was raised in a denomination for years, but didn't leave for all the reasons some others leave denominations. I left very amiably, but I still belong to a body of believers here that I talked to the gentleman that I served under last week. Because I have to be under authority. 
I have to be under authority. Not because I may mess up next week. I may mess up tomorrow. It's still early today. And there's got to be someone, if I want you to trust me, you've got to know that there's someone that you could go to that's over me. This is good, you're just not acting like it. Because see, we want to we have our own control, we want to have our own situation, and nobody tell us what to do. Guys, listen, the Holy Spirit's whispering to us right now about areas in our lives that he would love to change. And, and, a, and a big one is simply this. Will you allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit? Or will you continue to allow the voices in the world around you? Now listen, I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. But I don't care if it's Instagram or Facebook. If, if you live by memes. Okay. We, we build our theology on bullets. We just... We read the ten top means, and that's how we believe Jesus. By, by what others have stated or what others have posted. And then, and listen, you don't have to raise your hands, but then our whole day is impacted. We can't think about anything else. And please don't, if you post up on Facebook, just, just pray about it first. That's all. I'm, I'm not saying get off Facebook. That's, a, that's between you and God. I already know what he would say. But... Um, nine times out of ten, people start feeling and believing, not from the word, but how they're filled by Facebook or Instagram or the news or the media. And, and instead of your gospel, instead of the good news being of Jesus Christ, your good news is Fox or CNN or CNBC. Okay. The, the bottom line is, what's your gospel? What gospel are you living by? What gospel are you listening to? And I'm going to close with this. Ingrid, if you'll please come, so I'll close. We can all blame it on Ingrid. Um, we sang it earlier. When we put our lives in the potter's hands, will you receive what he makes of you? Will, he, will, will you receive those areas he begins to mold? Will you receive those areas he begins to press in on and, and you're saying, whoa, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. But see, here's a beautiful thing about feeling it. If you're still feeling it and you're not broken, that means you're not so dry you can't be molded. You can't get to a place where things just have to be shattered. Things have to just be broken down to the dust, down to the clay, and then a lot of stuff has to happen before the molding ever takes place again. I really don't know that any of us are really there, but I do know that, that we feel that wheel sometimes. And we feel his hands molding. Are you willing to receive whatever he's doing in your life? It starts by receiving Jesus. Receiving the Holy Spirit. And if authority still bothers you, being a part of a family, it's being in a place where you can be held accountable. It's being in a place where 
you know you're loved unconditionally. And if you do mess up, they're not going to kick you out. That if you confess your sins and repent, they're going to walk with you all the way to the kingdom. Now, will there be some who don't see it that way? Sure. But here's, here's my agenda. Make me what you want me to be, Lord. I receive it. Let's all stand. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? We're not going to have that discussion today. We, we probably could. We're having a picnic. But the, the, the questions are on, and there are a lot of questions this week. I knew we were going to have a discussion during service. But the questions are on the Internet, Facebook, Go to the website, see the questions there. Discuss this throughout the week. Have I really received Christ? Or have I just been walking in name only? Have I really said, here's, here's my life, be Lord of it? Have I really said, Holy Spirit, fill me? I'm not in this for the power. I need you to fill my life afresh and anew. Have we really submitted ourselves? I'm not pushing the authority thing, but here's when you know that you like authority or you hate authority, when somebody tells you what to do. And I don't mean break the law. I don't mean, you know, beat somebody up. That's not spiritual authority. It's just when somebody says, you know what? Help us over here for a season. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is a simple prayer today, Lord. We either receive you or we don't. We either say, here we are, or we don't. But God, I just pray today that as we surrender ourselves to you, Lord, I know that there are individuals here today who are struggling through this because they've been in the pain, they've been in difficulties for so long hope seems to have vanished but Lord I just pray that you help them understand that sometimes on the wheel they're on the inside of that clay and you're still working things out because all things work together for the good of those who love you or are called according to your purpose Lord there are things in our culture that quite honestly even with hundreds of years of history and even thousands of years before that can't get our minds around it. We can't seem to, to grasp it. And even when there seems to be light, it seems to top. God, we just proclaim that you are Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear you in a powerful way. And Lord, yes, we, we know that we must make a stand. We must be a light in this world. But Lord, let you be our agenda. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord, I pray. We surrender to you, Lord. 
all of our grandiose ideas, all of our dreams, all of our ambition. Now, Lord, we lay them at your feet and say we receive you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I pray that you bless this day. I pray, God, that you would use us, even in our conversation, to let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And, Lord, that you would use relationships to further your kingdom. That even today, Lord, lives would leave here changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. Now we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord.